0: Hey, show me the money, Jerry, McGuire, Seinfeld. Welcome to New York, baby. I'm not in New York. I just, you know, you gotta give it up to me. Cause, uh, what you do is just fantasy. I wanna go to New York City to feel goddamn these fucking gnats god they're just natting at me um (laughs) i guess i am a natty guy get it because i am natural no enhancers jack harlow uh i love my girl with no enhancers but would she want me to take enhancers well maybe in certain parts of the body um yeah, apparently when you cut a lot of weight, your quote-unquote wee-wee starts to go wee-wee. Instead of like, you know, when you are you have some stored body fat, your wee-wee's like wee! But then when you're not eating and stuff, apparently your wee-wee goes woo. Woo-hoo! woo Whatever that Gwen Stefani song is. If I were the steak. Because she is not your back girl. Which is basically us, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not a culture vulture appropriator expert, but I guess if we were going to use examples, like, we, you're just a side piece, alright, could we just call it a side piece? I'm not your back girl. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about traveling to the city. I'm a city boy, not like the island boys, but not like a city girl, somewhere in between. Well, no, because that means I kissed my brother. So no, I'm not an island boy. Nowhere close to an island boy. I'm not close to being a city girl, which really city girls is just, it's funny how like we guys, we get the derogative term, we get fuck boy, but girls, they get city girls. Well, I don't know. I guess they do get sluts, whores, bitches, cunts, <laughs> but hey. Fuckboy, it's a very, it's a demeaning term, um, <laughs> um, But hey, you know what? Guys like whores, girls like fuckboys. It's a win-win, baby. Um, show hey the money. Yeah, you can show me the money if it means uh, I get to ride the subway without homeless person pickpocketing my Google Chrome, um. <laughs> My Google Chrome is such shit, a homeless person would pickpocket me and be like, I'm fucking mad that you think this is worth stealing, and then throw the shit back at me. They're like, it's like, you don't want to rob me, and they'd be like, yeah, and you wasted my robbery. Um, yeah, speaking of robbery, welcome to episode 214, I believe, of the off and Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Oh, baby. Yeah. We're in for a wild one here. Because we got them wow, wow, wow thoughts. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, recording this about a little earlier than before, about five. 08 Eastern AM on August 22nd-ish for the archives. I'm not an expert. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, with stories. <laughs> you know, th- that's like my dream podcast. This is going to get really niche real quick. So any general audience that I was about to lure in, you know, with my growing fan base. <laughs> Actually, it is a little bit of a growing fan base. It's kind of weird. I don't know what's going on. It's kinda freaking me out. I kinda like staying low-key. You know, people like, oh, I actually don't do things for views and plays. And I and I am kinda like that. But then but then like when you someone goes out of the way, it's like, I I do this for it's like, how come you seem really sad when people don't listen or watch your stuff? They're like well, you know, it's just like... Because I know I put out really good information. Then we get whores and stuff getting views and shit. And stupid stuff. And people spreading the lies and misinformation. You know, it's like, well, that's what people want to see. It's like if you were to run a cable news network. You wouldn't keep playing the stuff that's quote-unquote more informational. If it means less eyes on your shit. Like, I've actually been... Uh, watching on HBO Max, because that's what I waste my money on. Every That's my waste of a subscription. Someone actually made a point. I keep on going on a point, then forgetting the point. But um, someone made a point, like, you know, the whole point of creating these streaming services was so we wouldn't have to pay so much for cable. And it would just, we kind of just pick what we want, when we want to watch, at convenience, not have to watch commercials, it's like... But now we have like five people. The average home person has like at least three or four different subscriptions. So you're still paying like 40 bucks a month, which is still cheaper than cable. It's like, all right, but we're still watching advertisements. We still uh, don't. We still now they release episodes on a weekly basis still. And now for like the big shows, it's week by week, kind of like traditional TV instead of putting all out at once. So it's like. Well, it's really not... It's kind of morphing back in the cable just in a more convenient manner. But anyways, sorry. But I've been watching The Newsroom and uh, and I'm going to bring it back to the Tuesdays with Story podcast, my dream podcast. And that, I've been watching The Newsroom, which is a show I think started like 2012 or whatever. I'm about like six or seven episodes in. I've been meaning to watch it for a long time. It has like Jeff Daniels. is essentially about... A pretty big like news channel company with a main anchor. He, there's a drama behind the scenes, you know. His executive producer is actually next girlfriend, who cheated on him, and all this good stuff. And it creates all this good drama. It's written by Aaron Sorkin, one of my inspirations, and in, uh, writing and stuff. Um, I would say I like to emulate him, but there's nothing to be consumed to emulate. But in spirit, when I actually write, it's only been eight months since the last time I wrote a word of a script. But hey, I like to emulate what uh, the girls failed to stimulate. My uh, intellectual property of this podcast. um, <laughs> uh, Which apparently sapiosexual, by the way. Um, is when someone is just attracted to your intellect. And that's what stimulates you the most. And it's like, yeah, like, you're not a sapiosexual. You're just a homo sapien human being that typically likes someone who at least has some thoughts about things. I hate when people make their interests or make, oh, but what I desire is so much more elite and higher standard than everyone else because I don't go by the looks. I actually... Just go by someone's personality. It's like... People still look at someone. And they can be attractive. And then the second they talk to them... Be like... Oh... Yeah I'm not really attracted." It doesn't mean... They didn't... It doesn't mean they were so blinded by the looks. It just means like... Their looks grab their attention. They, basically what you're saying is like... I... If I'm with you... It's not because I'm necessarily attractive. You could be ugly as fuck. But just because... You have some thoughts about World War II, and you have some thoughts about why uh, Oppenheimer was actually in the right on some things. You know, I actually like to hear your point of view so we could debate all day. Like, yeah, no. But any jizz. Um, But yeah, no, going back to the newsroom, I've been, you know, I was watching it, and the most recent episode I watched was essentially. Because they reformatted, they're trying to change the way news in a good way. Focus on what's important, actually be fair and what they're reporting and all this stuff. Be credible. And it kind of took place around the 2010, 2011. So there was the hot topic stories that were just eye candy. That were just consumption people. like It was basically like the mod. They wanted to just cover these... You know, real legitimate cover-ups, corruption, all this shit, like the real stuff. But then, the high-profile Nancy Grace stories. uh, In recent memory, like, if you guys don't remember the Casey Anthony one, which is basically, oh, her child went swimming. She kind of let the baby drown, but she wasn't really at fault. She was found not guilty. Ball. It's very skeptical. (laughs) She was like the 2010s version of OJ. And then, like recently, that was like the biggest, I remember like being younger, and that was like the biggest thing I'm fucking, every time I come home, no matter what, local news, public news, like all they talked about was whether this mom drowned her baby. And it's like, I mean, at this point, the baby's already gone, gone, baby gone, like sitting here talking about it. It doesn't really matter at that point, right? But that's Florida for you. It was like last year with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. Like, it was that type of public every day. Everything said in the courtroom. All this shit. And really, I think lawyers... Like, the lawyer I remember was like this Mexican dude took... Was her uh, attorney and all this stuff. And he won the case and he became a celebrity. And I think a lot of attorneys take these cases more for celebrity factor than actually like... Actually caring about doing the right thing. Due process and all that shit. It's all just just big celebrity jizz fest on themselves. But anyways. Yeah, no, but I was watching it. And uh, they basically. They lost like half their viewership. Because of something. I forgot exactly what. The, but they lost like half the viewership. they get impressed from upper uh, management. And then blah, blah, blah. Fast forward. And he's like, look. I, I want to do keep doing this format, but we got to at least give the people what they want in some way. Like This isn't just about us. This is about the people at the end of the day, what they're interested in. And it was a back and forth. And then, you know, I, I kind of fell asleep after that, but I'm assuming they've covered the Casey Anthony <laughs> situation. So it kind of brought me back to this when It's like you obviously are willing to bend your way to get views like sell your moral because at the end day it's about getting people to watch or listen to your shit so don't say it doesn't matter at all it's just about like when it doesn't perform well how do you deal with it is does it fuck up your day or is it just like oh okay i see i need to change a few things if it's a consistent pattern or don't overreact and stick with it and see if over the long haul it'll pay off but anyways going even farther back to the my dream pod would be to have a fellow podcaster. I'm saying a shout out to any podcasters that be interested. All you got to do is move where I am, work and bend to my schedule, work around my workout schedule, um, and be able to record any fucking time I need to. And you would have to do all the editing. But we split the revenue 50-50 because I'm a nice guy. And um, we have a Tuesdays with Stories type of podcast. I don't know the name of it yet. But I actually want a podcast where I have someone that I do a podcast with on a weekly basis. And it is just zinging and zanging, jinging and janging, pull the jenga and uh, banga. Next thing you know, <laughs> she's like an orange, cause I'll orangutang ya. All right, that was bad, real bad. Uh, but you know it's not bad. Today's sponsor is Dunkin' Donuts. See, I'm like uh, remember when Charlie D'Amelio had her own drink? I have my own drink too. What is it? Large iced coffee with four mochas, four little cane, four creams. Now. You may go to some Dunkin's and they may tell you, oh, we can't put liquid cane sugar in your iced coffee. And you know what you tell them? Do it anyways. And then put a dollar in the tip jar and guess what they're going to do? They're going to squirt as much liquid sugar in your drink as you want. Do I ever tip? No, because I'm an intimidating fella. Um, (laughs) I'm actually not really intimidating, but someone actually brought... To my attention That Cause you know I think I'm a really nice person Overall Like I could kind of be standoffish in some ways Believe it or not I kind of have a certain demeanor that makes people like A certain way and then I'm like hey Nice socks You should uh Rocket socket And uh Put it on the Glock And let me shoot my shot yeah, make that cherry pop, Bubbelicious. You're so bubblicious. I make a go I, bah, bah. um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. But um, what I would s- shit. What was I talking about? Oh Jesus Christ! Already? Oh yeah. And I'm not really a big ass dude. Like I'm six foot and a half, six one at most. I haven't done my height recently. And I'm basically like 192 to 196, depending on if I uh, eat bread that day or not. And, you know, I'm, you know, I've I've built myself up a little bit. It looks, I I always say I look bigger than I am actually as strong. And people that lift and people that work out know exactly what I'm talking about. There's people that look big, people that look ripped, have certain features that stick out that typically indicate strength. And then you realize like a, you know, a 16 year old junior in high school can bench more than them, but the aesthetic, and I hate that term, but the look of it looks better than what you do. But I could pull some weight. Don't fuck with me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Uh, I like to focus on my hip drive when I squat. Because you know, it's all about mobility. All right. It's like, nah, just fucking go down and go up, and don't use too much of your back and keep your head up. It's really not that fucking hard. All these people are like, oh, it's all about You're fucking working out with your socks on. Like, if you want to work out with your socks on, fine, but don't think working out with your socks makes you some godlike fucking newfound science that people don't understand. I understand they're wearing bad shoes. Can be bad when you're doing exercises with your feet and stuff, but don't sit here and think because you do shit barefoot, like you're a, a you're a fucking caveman Neanderthal that like oh used to walk in the Amazon jungle barefooted, where his splinters all over his feet and shit, but he's walking on dead corpses and. You know pine cones. <laughs> pine cones probably be the least of your worries, but you get the drift. This is how modern day society is like. Man, I don't want to step on a pine cone. Pine cone, pine cone. That's a shout out to an old rap I did. It was an intro. Yeah, we opened a song with pine cone. Yeah, But just, Um jizz. But yeah. yeah no and you know that's the weird thing is like when you start having an appearance that's kind of intimidating or everyone like looks at you and they're like ah like you have a quote-unquote presence you got to even be like more mindful to not only be approachable but be like someone that they can poke fun at right like you got to have like a overjoyed personality or make some like Weird joke like that doesn't that like doesn't match your presence like it's like I don't know I'm not I'll just say a random example that never happened. Um, let's say you're walking past someone at work and they actually bump into you or they and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And, and then you're like, no, I'm sorry that your shoulders are so Big, like, man, I wish I looked like you. Even if their shoulders are eight times smaller than yours. Um, no, that's actually a terrible example. Uh, oh, let's say someone comes up to you. They're like, wow, you're really big. And you're like, well, I'm a big fish in a small pond. All right, that's not a good example either, Clint. What the fu- Are you trying to be likable or a douchebag? All the above. Um... <laughs> But you gotta basically make it where, like, you could be, you gotta, like, be, like, kind of goofy. Just so people, like, get a little loose around you. Like, have a sense of humor. Like, make some puns. It is the way to comfort of any person, man or woman. I hate when people are like, oh, I hate corny jokes. It's like, really? Are you that insufferable of a person that you hate people that make Easy analogies that you didn't think of, and you think, "Oh, but that's cheap humor." You know what else is cheap humor? Your lack of humor, and the fact that you think that your lack of humor is better than cheap humor. I rather have, I rather be cheap than have no money to be cheap. All right, how does that sound? Get your broke ass out of my jokes. Um. <laughs> You're in a different joke bracket, you know. Get out of my tax bracket, my joke bracket, you know. At least mine are spontaneous. Uh, Yeah. I actually heard someone one time say, any guy that actually is funny is just an insecurity because they can't actually, you know, be quote unquote a man. And because you should never smile in front of a woman and stuff. And I was like, you know, I was like 12 when I heard that. And I just knew instantly. Even then, you just kind of... Some's like, you sound like you're just not funny. You just sound like you have no sense of humor of anything. You really think someone wants to be around anyone of any sex that never does anything or says anything funny, even on accident? No. I don't know. It's just just crazy that people always demean affirmable qualities from others to cover up their lack of qualities of that thing. It's like, you know, I wouldn't change who I am for the world. Like, I wouldn't change my personality. Like, I know I sound like a narcissist or egotistical, whatever the fuck. Like, I would not change my strengths of my personality one bit. I would improve some weaknesses, but I would never say, hey, let me be less funny in front of people. Like, let me be less spontaneous. Let me be less observational. Because that would make my life infinitely more interesting or better. It's like, no, those are like the things that have going for me, you know? I don't know. But yeah. But no, anyways, going back, like, Tuesdays with stories, Um, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but... Just trying to give you guys a solid pot of bow. Let me pot a bow. I got a pot of gold, and she's my lucky charm with the marshmallow. Lucky charms are bland as fuck, by the way. Any jizz? Yeah, no. Anyways, in case you guys are wondering, like, why the where the any jizz comes from, it comes from that podcast Tuesday's stories. I know it's weird for a podcast to talk about another podcast, but you need to see why the podcast you listen to is influenced by other podcasts and what influenced them and what actually, you know, motivated them to be like, hey, I can do this too. And then you start doing it you're like, man, I don't know if I can do it, <laughs> um, but I can and I will. And I have 214 times and counting. So Yeah. But where I get the images from is this podcast with Mark Norman and Joe List. And you know, I've you know, I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what I like to consume YouTube content. I like to consume podcasts to kind of spark ideas of what to kind of get my mind going. Because to be honest, when you live a life where your job you is just so dead, in what you think you have to like infiltrate. To keep the thing going. Because if you just get in that monotonous. If you just get in that monotonous cycle. Of your job and sleep. And like. You never actually sit down. And you never actually have. You never actually observe or listen to things. That actually like keep your mind. Seeking outside perspective of things. Like. One you'll go fucking insane. Become insanely depressed. But. You know you'll just kind of. Be a still person, you know, if that makes sense. But uh, I don't know, I had a better idea where I was going with that. But yeah, no, I I think it's very important. I mean, in case you want to know what I consume, it's a lot of that stuff, right? It's stuff that seems like it's nonsensical, getaway shit, like it's not supposed to be serious. It's like, yeah. And I think, honestly, those are more beneficial to you than sometimes listen to these longevity of living affirmation optimal training videos that will increase longevity to your 82 and do all this regenerative treatment like like goddamn like be like self-anxiety is so depressing and it's just like why do i want to listen to something for two hours talk hearing people break down how their anxiety It's so anxious It's like I don't even have Like everyone has anxiety To an extent But I don't want to listen To someone for two hours Talk about their anxiety To remind me Of whatever anxieties I have When I'm just trying To actually Enjoy myself Um I'm not saying Don't listen to that shit But I think sometimes It's good Just like listen to Some cool people call Leisure People call Nonsense which is really no such thing as nonsense. Like everything can have some benefit if you actually take from it what it is. Because entertainment is not nonsense. Entertainment is literally like the backbone of what keeps people sane and what keeps people looking towards to things. It gives people hope of joy that they don't have to infiltrate themselves. They just turn on somewhere, go somewhere. And be given pleasure and just enjoy themselves and not have to do anything. The work is being done for them. They just gotta embrace, observe, and really be in that moment of that activity of what's taking place. Damn, that's actually look at look at me. Look at me with these observations. Um but yeah, I, I because but any jizz comes from that podcast, you know It's very, they're two New York comedians Doing a long time, but I've been watching some Joe List, he recently dropped Another special on YouTube I haven't watched it all yet, like what I heard whatever. But he did like some behind the scenes Like teaser trailers Leading up, but not of But the behind the scenes of making it A little bit, and kind of like the process What is his backstory A little bit Um And, you know, I've thought about, like, actually kind of pursuing of something of that nature, like stand-up. But the thing is, that's one of those things you can't just be like, hey, yeah, you know, I'll kind of do Like, you have to really be willing to deal with what comes with that. The bad, the bad, the bad. And then eventually it won't be so bad, right? And I honestly really do think not only am I capable... You can't judge off the jokes on this show, like I, because there's a difference between someone just joking around, fucking around, and actually sitting down, really putting their observations and breaking their observations down, putting it in a story form or a joke form where you can connect things that it's scripted, like, and you practice and hone it. Like here, I'm just, you know, zinging and zinging, as they say, but you know. That would be something I'm interested in doing Because honestly man Like I'm so tired of this Working job shit And I, I would not And that's not why I would, That's not why I do these things Because I just want some quick way out From having an everyday job But you know It's about You know I've been thinking like You really gotta Maximize what's important in your life And deal with it's like it's a trip like I could do these things, not make as much money, cut down on my day job hours or whatever and put all my time into this. And I'll know I'll be exponentially happier because I know there's a period of my time where I dedicate a lot of time to similar things to writing and podcasts and all that stuff. When I was first starting this out. I didn't work as many hours of that time. I took some time off from work. Blah, blah, I got my feet set and started increasing, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, looking back, it's like, yeah, you know, I wasn't saving any money. I was making just enough to pay stuff. And I was fortunate that everything was going all right. I was working, like, and I was like, I never was happier, honestly, in my adult life. Like, I never was happier. And I was working towards something I enjoy every day, still being financially responsible. Could have been more, could have worked more and probably still been as beneficial, but I really feel like I need a lot of time to just think. And then now, I've hit the complete opposite spectrum where I'm just working so much and it's taken away from those things, right? It's about finding that balance. And I've really just thought about like, you know, I can really live a minimalist lifestyle by myself, not with a partner, of course, so that's kind of where it... It's like, you know, when you have a partner, you can't just, yeah, you know, I'm going to quit my job um, or I'm going to work 20 hours a week. Hey, we'll be fine, though. It's like, no, you won't. We won't be fine. He's like, yeah, you're right. Um, (laughs) But some, you know, it's like, how do you make it all work? How do you make it where you pursue everything and still, you know, keep everything together is it really all about balance or am I just not really trying hard enough to actually make it work am I being lazier than I give myself credit for being lazy because I'm someone that like oh I work so much I never have time I'm always doing something doing something and actually I came across somewhere it said we have this illness where we feel like we always need to be doing something to feel productive but what ends up happening is what we Rationalized as being productive is actually less productive because it's taken away from the things that will actually infiltrate longevity and in production. So, like an example would be like, oh, we think we're being productive. Like in my example, here's some I've observed. I cook every single day. I cook my food every single day. Essentially, at least when I wake up, sometimes twice a day when I wake up, my morning food before I go out for the day or work. And then when I come home, I cook again, right? Obviously, I could do things to make it meal prepping all that shit. But honestly, meal prepping, like, I don't want to eat the same stuff every day. Honestly, like, I just, food doesn't taste as good when it's been sitting in the fridge for two or three days after it's cooked. Like, there's still, I still, like, enjoy cooking a little bit. But, like, let's say I paid instead of, okay, I enjoy what I cook, I like what, but it's taken away from things that, I say I want to do it's like okay What if you like Did one of those meal prepping services It's like well most of those Like the food sucks It's in packages you just hear It's supposed to be for convenience Not everyday thing right Or let's say you were to hire a chef I'm not in a position to hire Like imagine living in the apartment I do And I have a personal chef Like that personal chef would cost as much as the rent a month Alright Um It's like, that's what the women are for! Um, I'm kidding. 99%. (laughs) Um. It's funny how, like, we, like, us dudes, we say that stuff, and then women actually, uh, most women actually think we're being serious when we say, well, that's what women are for. Like, it could be, like, your own girlfriend. It could be your own mom, your own sister. Why would you say, like, no, we're not. It's like, you really think that's what I think about women? It's like you really think that's what I think. I cook all my food. You really think I'm sitting here thinking a women are just good for cooking? Most women ain't even good for cooking anymore, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially my age range. Like Jesus, no one can boil water. I don't even boil water. Because I'm afraid of it overspilling and like blowing up the oven. Um <laughs> uh but no it's funny like when people actually take like A guy seriously make, I mean there are some guys that actually mean it And you know they mean it But like when you see the actions of a guy like hey Like obviously I don't Talk about women a certain way Obviously I don't res- think women Just clean shit I don't think that I like I you like you like I do these things myself So obviously I'm not a believer In that specifically Alright but it's like, then if you just joke about it, it's like this, but like, you know, this, all these like, oh, you know, when it comes with guys and money, you know, the big old money, money is like these spiritual coaches like, well, if he can't do nothing for you, what can he really do for you? And you're just like, well, if you word it like that, it's an oxymoron. I think that's the term. It's like, you already said if he can't do nothing for you, then he can't do nothing for you. It's like, yes, that's what the first sentence means. He can't do nothing for you. But what he's really saying is like, if he can't pay for you, there's literally nothing else he can do for you. It's like, actually, there's like a lot of, like everything else I can do for you. I can put your socks on. I can change your oil. I can, uh you know... <laughs> Put your body in alignment. Even if I neglect my own car's alignment. Um <laughs> That's why the wiring's hanging out. Um <laughs> Take that, Michael B. Jordan. The wire. That was a lame joke. Very lame. I never even saw the wire. I just know he's on it. Please forgive me. Please forgive my sin, Creed. Um but actually, speaking of Creed, actually came across some reason where apparently it happened like years, like eight to ten years ago in Australia. When I may be a little bit long, but when I think when he was filming Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, when he's filming the Rambo, which by the way, that Rambo from like 2008, the remake of it, like current day, that shit was fucking. Like, I never even saw the original Rambos from, like, the 80s and 90s. I saw that one. I'm like, holy shit, this shit is intense. There's a fucking blood spurt on Sylvester Stallone at that age just fucking looking like uh frat boy Tarzan just going around fucking annihilating motherfuckers. But apparently for that, I was like, man, you know, yeah, he's still pretty fucking big, right? But apparently he found a reason. Like... He got busted, like, when he went to the airport, he had a, uh... His, his soup, he was full with stacked PEDs, like, testosterone, D-ball, HGH, all the good stuff, right? And, of course, like, no one's really surprised, right? Like, I actually do believe, like, here's my opinion. Maybe i mom, Maybe he's admitted that's not true, but I doubt it. I think when he did... Uh, Rocky, during that time frame, I actually do believe he was, like, natural. I really do. Because, like, yeah, there was knowledge of things in the 70s and 80s and stuff like that, but, like, he was, like, like, his body was obtainable. It's boxing. Like, boxing gets you in insane shape. Like, he built the muscle, like, right, like, he built the muscle like training for the movie, and then less like the cardio and the fat loss. He did like kind of like probably the last couple months where he just had all that off, you know, specifically, but he still maintained his muscle, right? Like, those things are very achievable. I actually do think he was natural for that shit because his motivation is at all time high. You know, he was kind of new to the industry, his hunger was there like it's like he hadn't made any money yet so it's like go all out for this none to lose and then now like he's like nah, i wouldn't do that shit like nah yeah let's let's make this process a little easier, right i have a lot of doctors that could watch me um but it was just kind of like it's just like oh see he was not natural the whole time it's like yeah well he's 70 fucking years old of course like, the dude's forearms are still fucking insane. Like, did you see the expendables? Did you see? all? like, that was basically a juice cast. Like, they might as well should have been the all star Capri Sun. Like, the, they should have just been called the Capri Sunables. All right, because they were all just juice. I hate that term, like I hate those fitness terms They were juiced up to the gills uh, They were popping Fire rockets out of their arms It's like, yeah, but you know what They probably are a little bit They're fucking 50, 60, 70 years old Looking like that They probably are, but who fucking cares And But what I will say Is like There's this heavy thing about There's this pressure for celebrities to be transparent about everything when they get in really good shape and they took steroids like there's this really heavy needle, like they tell them like, oh, they're they're being dishonest or sell especially when they start selling workout programs like Chris Hemsworth has been he's like, Oh, if you do my center app where I'm doing kettlebells and you know, some You know, heavy med ball throws You're going to look like me And, yeah, it's a little misleading Because that's not really probably what he's doing to prepare for Thor Um, but Something that was brought up Because the big thing with The Rock, right A lot of people Just about everyone Assumes that he's on something, right And Everyone's saying like, you know it's a, oh, impossible body standards for men and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, a common sense as a man, when you grow up, you should see these things. And when you get old enough, realize like, oh, you know what? There's a certain level that's probably not obtainable for me, but that's not going to discourage me. Um, But I'm not going to let an impossible body standards restrict me from reaching my standard. Because like, who cares if you never reach that standard? Like, is your goal... To be a top 1% where people just look at you like a god? Or do you just want to be the best version of yourself like you fucking say? No. You want to sit there and get the same attention. As these top elite Hollywood actors. That get ripped and shredded. When they're on shape. If you want to look like that then take this shit. Right? If you can't do it naturally. That's why I say. But you know the big argument should be. Should like the Marvel movies. Like uh, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, for Thor, shit the rock. When your image is basically your body and how strong you are, how big you are. You just keep getting massively bigger and stronger and so on. And you have a big kid fan base. Some person brought up like, and it, it's actually made me think like a legitimate point. Is it actually, would it actually be worse for them to come clean about it? Based off their young fan base. Because if you're promoting working out, exercising, this is why I do the little like this, and it's a lie, but the people following you, it is going to make them work out and think that they can get really big and strong because you said it in your person, your position. But then you tell them, actually, it's because I'm on this, that, and that, like, oh, Well, since you're on that, I'm going to do that. So, if they admit to doing it, will it actually influence more kids and younger men to get on steroids or these, you know, cycles of SARMs and whatever the fuck, HGH, these dangerous things? I thought, like, you know, actually, I think that's more of the right answer. Like, I... It's really... I I never believe it's anyone's business to reveal what they do. Like, is it misleading? I I mean, yeah. But it still doesn't take away that if you do what they're doing, you're probably going to see results. But you're using the excuse that, oh, but I'm not going to look like that if I do what they do to... And be like, yeah, but you're going to look better than you do now, more likely. That's the real message. It was just kind of an interesting point, you know? Because there's this heavy thing in the industry, fitness industry, for people that's heavy pressure to just be like, you need to tell people when you're on something. It's like, I always appreciate transparency but as long as you're not like going crazy defending how natural you are like, if you're just like no I'm natural but then you're not like going out here being like anyone that thinks I'm natural you're going then that's different but like if you just kind of never really answer it or like just like yeah you know no man I just do X y and z and you're calm about it I I don't really think you have an obligation to really explain Until you're talking about sports where you're competing with other people who aren't on things. And it's just like, the more I've been thinking about, like, the way... I don't even think, like, in bodybuilding or competitions, where it's, like, literally about show day and showing your body and, you know, physiques and stuff like that. Like, honestly, I just... I, I think, really, it's just looked at as, like, this is just what... This is just what you have to do It's not even like this odd thing for people to talk about It's just like yeah I mean I mean if you want to compete You're going to have to do this It comes with the territory Like It's like yeah if you want to go travel You're going to have to get on an airplane If you want to go overseas You're going to have to get on an airplane Like certain things like if you want to do and compete If you want to go see things There's certain things you just have to do There's no really and ifs or buts, it's just part of the sport, it's part of the game. But we wouldn't put this like, oh, everyone's like, why do you like, why does it really matter? I don't know, I've just never understood that. Like, why are we so obsessed with like if someone's on stuff, like, unless they're selling it to kids, like the drug, or like The Rock is not out here on every post saying, like. As a as a lifetime natty, it's like no. He's just like, hey, here's my unnecessary twelve French toast pancakes I'm having as my cheat meal. Like he just like he's just promoting unhealthy eating habits, you know. More than anything, that's really what you should be mad at him for. Is indulgence. Like we're gonna get mad at anything about it's it's the fact that. I think sometimes people, you know, we people think we the people, we work so hard for things. So we always feel when you work hard, there's always an immediate reward for every indulgence. Like there's a heavy indulgence for every simple thing. I think that's really probably a bigger issue if you want to be technical is the promotion of like cheap meals all the time. It's like I don't think you should ever have planned out cheap meals. They should just kind of happen. Like you're just gonna like come across I like, right, we're gonna eat out tonight. Like maybe plan if anything, I understand if you're competing or sports and stuff, like you gotta at least know the times where you can eat foods or eat at times that would not ideal to your, you know, your optimal training. But to have like every Sunday I'm gonna pig out no matter what I fucking feel, because like to me that's more of a un like When you just kind of eat normal, like, this is what I realized when I just kind of have, like, a normal diet that's relatively balanced when I eat and stuff like that. Like, I really don't have a desire to just go out and eat the most pasta. Like, I barely can eat a lot anymore in one sitting. But it's like, I don't really have, like, I don't think we really, as people, have this heavy desire to just eat, like, five, you know, chicken chipotle melts from Taco Bell or get, like, two grilled cheese burrito boxes or go to McDonald's and just get this Big Mac bundle for ourselves with two Cokes, like, I don't really think we really have those, I mean, people have those desires, but I don't think, like, we're really set out to, like, plan those desires. They're very improvisational. They're very dependent on... Things we may be going through in life like depression or alcohol or getting high on shrooms. Like those stuff will enhance thinking you want more than what you need. But the promotion of, hey, I worked out my delts three times this week. I destroyed my chest yesterday. I hit 405 on the PR on my squat today. I deadlifted 600 pounds. So you know what? You know what my reward is? Some banana french toast. And then like unlimited sushi and all this stuff. Like that. I'm not being a hater about people that have cheap meals. Because I get it. Like you're training hard. You're eating bland food. Like you need to have someone you indulge. It's like you probably just wouldn't have been better off. Just kind of having a little bit of stuff in every meal. Than you would be having one meal where you just pay out. But I think some people just want that like. One day of the week to just look forward to. Instead of. Every day kind of being the same. Like we have to have a day where it's like. It's going to be so fucking different. That's really what cheat days are. Because they're not really normal. Like you know. But then it'll be like. Oh but it's all about balance. Like balance would be. Hey you know. Uh. I made some chicken, asparagus, and then, uh, you know, I decided to have some sweet potato fries with some extra sauce and seasoning, even though that's not part. Like, that's more having that with every other meal or having, you know, a uh, fried chicken sandwich homemade where it's not the most healthiest was like, hey, you know what? I had an egg and cheese Hawaiian bread sandwich before I did this podcast. Doesn't even make sense. Doesn't even sound right. With two slices of cheese. And I buttered the bread. But, you know, I'll probably have something like that every two or three days. Instead of, once a week, I am going to the Chinese buffet, eating five plates. And then I'm going to fast, you know, the next 16 hours. And then eat eggs, rice, and lightly sauce like and then go back on this like that shit is where it's like okay have your days when you have it have your moments enjoy life but it's more about just like this overindulgence meals these overindulgence days those are the shits that like I used to always do all the time growing you know not even growing up but just like even as I got older and started making my own choices of what I ate all the time and Being in charge of what I You know Indulgence is really like The devil to all desires Damn Look at me Indulgence is the devil to all desires Truly worth having I decided that truly worth having Because I'm Barely straight (laughs) Uh, On the arrow path Um, Yeah I don't know Anyways, enough of me, uh, lecturing you on what to eat in your day. Um, I want to get V Lori. Um, <laughs> in case you don't know what that is, that is when you consume fecal matter, typically from consuming someone's butthole stuff, you get it in your system, your face gets bloated, and you... You know, typically you get a shot, get some medicine, you get really swelled up for a week or so. You have some diarrhea, you gotta watch, you know, you gotta be careful how much you eat, certain carbs, and then you know, you'll be back to eating booty tomorrow. Um But yeah. Apparently, you know, I've been made aware. That apparently, not every person has this, but me. Apparently, based off looking at my tail my butt tail, the tailbone I think it's what's called you could literally tell that in my lineage of species, somewhere down the line, probably deep in the gargoyle days, I had a tail. Supposedly. It's a telltale sign. Um <laughs> I guess if I was gay, you would call it a fairy tale. <laughs> ah, I'm such a fool. But yeah. I mean, look, I get like you know, the human species we stem from things I honestly don't even know. Like we used to be we used to be a lot more hairier, our feet used to be a lot more rugged, our adaptations of living in a soft environment our feet are sensitive, our hands are, you know, we used to have strong just like orangutan hands, and now we just have wimp little Xbox controller, I got cramps hands, and uh, so, like imagine, like think about, like in current day society, we actually have to train for forearm and grip strength specifically because we live in a society where it's not activated our we're back in the day, like, if you just lived to your, like, 13 based off the life you're living, your grip would have been, like, a top, top 0.01% today. That's how soft we are as people. Me included. Um, but, um, shit, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, apparently, it, they're like, yeah. No, you like you definitely used to have a tail, and I'm like, "Huh, that's why I keep pulling the cats tail. <laughs> they don't like it as much, though. Maybe we are all just forms of cats, you know. Hey, that's where we get it from. Now we're just walking cats, like the play, the musical. I'm just one big standing cat. Oh my Mr. Mesop- was it Mr. He's not the main one. I don't really like him too much. I like uh, I like the gray main character, Kitty. And then I like the near like 80% of the movie where that evil tiger looking thing and the dramatic music they be fighting and stuff like, you know, musical wise, like whoa, whoa, going with the music. For some reason, when I was younger. That shit used to turn me on. Not like in a sexual way, but like, I mean, like turn me on like in the sense like, holy shit. Like, the bright colors is, like, stimulating. It's like, holy fuck. It's like, if I was a cat... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Um, (laughs) That was one sexy kitty. Um, (laughs) uh, And it is funny, because there was literally, like... You would think there would be an accidental dog in that show. I know it's called Cats, but, like, if it's in an alley... Or in the city of aristocrats and all that. Like, you're telling me, like, there's not a single stray dog in the Cats musical? Not a single dog? Even all dogs go to heaven. There's plenty of other animals. You know why? Because dogs are accepting creatures. Especially, like, golden retrievers. They accept anyone. Anyone could be our friend. Cats are like, no, no. We're too good for anyone else. As this cat is staring at me, like, what the fuck are you talking about, bitch? It's like, yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The way you treat me. You're in my house. And you're looking at me like I'm the one invading your space, you fucking sack of shit. That's what these fucking cats are. They are greedy imbeciles with the most entitlement. And they just look at you like you're a burden to them. It's like, stop shitting on my floor. Like, in your musical of two hours, you couldn't accept a parrot except a bird, a squirrel, a rat. You're in fucking New York City, I think. Or England. They have a bunch of rats. I saw Phantom of the Opera. Let the rats in. But no, because they are greedy like, oh, it's all for us. Cats are for rich people. Dogs are for poor people. Poor people need loving of community. Rich people want everything to themselves. So rich people are cats. Poor people are dogs. And that's why dogs are man's best friend. Cause nowadays every man is poor. Um <laughs> and there's some guy who makes it decent live out there, like, huh, well, now when you're me as a high value man, it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, give it give it a couple years. You'll get divorced. Um someone's gonna come after you. You're gonna be like fresh and fit, and you're gonna get your bank account demonetized. But yeah, Uh, Jesus, I've always found it weird, like we have to, this is like, think of the idea of a bank, so I have to have a bank, I have to have a random company that I know nothing about, that's the thing, when you pick a bank, like we just assume all banks are kind of the same. They all have to technically go by the same regulations, so what really makes them different? But we have to choose a bank to hold our money. Just and we just assume they're gonna hold on to our money, even though I'm pretty sure there are clauses in their contract. Like, if we actually need to use some of your money to bail out ourselves, we probably can. That's kind of the thing. Is like, why do I? It would be like going to McDonald's to being like, hey. I got paid today from my job. Can you guys just, like, hold on to the money and not use it? They're like, sure. We'll do just that. <laughs> um, even though your paycheck in a week is more than all of our employees get paid combined. Um, not really, but, you know, I like to think I'm moving up in the world. Um... But it's weird. We we pick a branch, we pick a brand name that we know, and we're just like, hey, you know, they'll hold our fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred thousand dollars we make a year, and eh, we'll be fine. We give our routing number through that bank to our job. For them to just say, hey, yeah, just send the money here. They have a car that's connected. And oh well. The FDIC, you have $250,000 protected. If it gets stolen, whatever, you are protected that. It's like, I'm pretty sure if I have $250,000 and it gets wiped clean, I'm pretty sure the next day you guys are going to be like, hey, we are sorry for what happened. Here's your $250,000. We'll take care of it. Now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, like four months deep investigating. Now, I'm going to be broke for four months for some I worked years and years signing up for your savings and shit. But you know what? What the fuck do I know? But yeah, my camera's about to die, so I gotta stop. Damn, I was really getting into it. But yeah, that was episode 214 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell But most important ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget this sucks some titties. Uh, I'm just trying to hit the hour for the algorithm. 15 seconds. 12, 11, 10, this is New Year's, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, woo, happy New Year's as I kiss my stepsister.